Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. Just want to remind all of you that we want you to be educated in the Word of God, and that's why we produce so many teaching series, and we have them available at the CD table on Sunday for free of charge. Uh, it's not free for me because I have to spend time and energy to produce, but it's free for you. So don't let that go. You should listen to the teaching, or you can go to the podcast or also YouTube. In fact, um, I want to let you know that there are quite many teachings that I did not preach here, but I did it in the studio at home. I have been producing the lesson called 80 Lesson Building Firm Foundations. This lesson is to lay down foundation for new believers or for old believers who have never have any foundation in their life. Sometimes people go to church, listen to this and that, but never build good foundation. The reason I like this because in the medical field, in order to be a good doctor, in the first few years of the university, you have to learn about chemistry, you learn about anatomy and biology, you learn about mathematics and uh, physiology before I go to the hospital to learn about how to perform surgery. Without good foundation of good physiology, anatomy, I cannot be a neurosurgeon. Can you imagine a neurosurgeon open your skull and don't even know where the temporal lobe is? And don't know even where the cell works. I need foundation to be a good surgeon. The same thing, many Christians never have any good foundation at all. So that's why we produce all this teaching. I'm still doing it right now in both English and Thai. And hopefully one day we will do in Japanese and in Mandarin as well. We have lessons like demonology, how to cast out demons, a lot of lessons in the YouTube. And also, we produce other teachings that are not on Sunday. And if you never get into YouTube or podcast, you will never hear those sermons at all. Please take advantage of the teaching in New Hope International Church. Listen again and again to build your faith. Amen? Amen. Today, I would like to finish the teaching from last Sunday, which is called Pleasing the Lord pleasing the Lord. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for your word. We believe, Lord, that every scripture in the Bible is inspired by the Holy Spirit and is good for teaching, rebuking, training in righteousness and correcting as well. Father, we believe that the word is your word that is spoken to us, Lord, by your Holy Spirit. And we want to hear what you want to say in this generation. Therefore, right now, Lord, we open our hearts to receive, we open our eyes to see, and our spiritual ears to hear what the Spirit of God wants to say to us, Lord. We don't want to be stubborn Christians. We don't want to be hard-headed Christians. We want to be good children, obedient children, Father. We want to be doers of your word, Father. And we pray, Lord, that by your grace, we can obey what you say in the Scripture. In the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Last Sunday, we learned that joy gives us strength. Not our own joy. The joy of the Lord gives us strength. And one of the ways to live in the joy of the Lord is to really please Him. Let me read this scripture again in John chapter 15, verses 10 to 11. Talking about joy here. The joy of the Lord is our strength. How many people want to be strong in life? How many people want to be weak and sick all the time? I want to be strong. I want to be healthy. I want to serve the Lord until the last day of my life. So I need the joy of the Lord. In John chapter 15, verses 10 to 11, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. This is very important truth. If you want 
to live in the bubble of God's manifested love. Again, God loves people, but not everybody gonna do well or abide in the manifested love of God all the time. I want to live my life in a very high level of the manifested love of God. Wherever I go, God show love to me, coming, going, buying things, doing things. Everywhere, God will give me special love or pleasure on me. In order to live in the manifested love of God, what do I need to do? I need to be willing to obey Him and to please Him. How many people want to live that way? You want to live in the manifested love of God? Wherever you go, God show love to you. Is that right? Verse 11 says, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy, my capital M, God's joy, may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. Full. The fullness of joy. There is the 100% fullness of joy, and there is a 0.2% of the fullness of joy, 98.9% fullness of joy. I don't know about you, I want the fullness, 100% joy of the Lord in my life. Because I want His strength. I want His blessing in my life. Let me ask the parents in this room. People always say, oh, God love me no matter what I do. I don't need to obey Him. I don't need to repent. God will love me anyway. Let me ask the parents in this room. Is it possible that you love your children but you are not pleased with your children. Your children rebel against you. They do whatever they want. You say, don't get into drugs and into some bad things, and they still do it anyway. Are you still loving them? Yes. Do you cut them off from your home, from being your children? No. You still love them, but you may not be able to show pleasure. Your pleasing attitude toward them. You may look very grieved and look very upset, even though you still love them. The same principle is applied to our relationship with God. God loves us no matter what. God sent Jesus to die for us. But if we are very stubborn Christian, we are very rebellious Christian, we are not willing to please the Lord, we will not experience the whole measure of the love of God and the pleasure of God in our life. We cannot receive the favor from God. How many of you have this experience that you have done something wrong and you feel so grieved on the inside of you? The same thing, the Bible says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. When we grieve the Holy Spirit, we cannot have the joy of the Lord. We want God to be happy with us. We want God to be joyful when He looks at us Wow, I'm so happy with this man. I'm so happy with this woman. Amen? So this truth in John chapter 15 should make us excited. That we can experience the fullness of joy. The more joy we have, the stronger we are. And we can handle everything in life. Even though the enemy may shoot a big arrow to us and try to destroy us. Even though people try to attack us, we are so strong, and the arrow cannot hit us. Because we are so strong, we will not fall down. But if we are sad, and we are upset, and we are not in the right mind, because we don't obey God, even people don't smile at us at the office, we get upset. And we have a bad day the whole day. Because we are so weak in spirit, we're so weak in our emotion. How many people have bad days sometimes? The whole day, you cannot smile because you are so sad. So the key of living in joy is to please the Lord. And I'm going to explain to you by reading many scriptures here. So even little thing can really knock you down and you cannot sleep all night because you are so full of sadness and you are weak. I don't want to be weak. I want to be strong. And in order to be strong, I need the joy of the Lord. In 1 John chapter 1, verses 3 to 4, again, all these scriptures, I read one book, one 
preacher wrote this book and say, some scripture for non-believers, some scripture for the Jews, and some scripture for Christians. Don't listen to that comment. Every scripture in the Bible is for born-again Christian. So I'm going to read you scripture in 1 John chapter 1, verses 3 to 4. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. Everyone say fellowship. And truly our fellowship is with the Father. There, is, there are two kinds of fellowship. Fellowship vertically. We have fellowship with the Father and horizontal fellowship. Fellowship with one another as a human being, as a brother and sister in Christ. And with His Son, Jesus Christ. And this thing we write to you, that your joy may be full. In John chapter 15, say, If you obey God, you cannot have the fullness of joy. The joy of the Lord will remain in you. Are you believers? If you believers, God is in you. Is that right? The Holy Spirit is in you. And when the Holy Spirit in you is joyful, rejoicing, happy with you, what happened? That the, the joy of the Lord will affect your joy too. You're going to be happy too. We'll be joyful too. But if the Holy Spirit is grieved on the inside of you, your heart is going to bother you. And you will not be a happy man. You will be sad and weak. So how are we going to be so full of joy? The fullness of joy comes when we have the right fellowship with God and with one another. Let me read verses 7 to 10. What is the light here? The Bible says, We have seen and heard we declare that you may fellowship with us, truly fellowship with our brother. And then verses 7 to 10 talk about walking in the light. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sins. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar, and His word is in us. Let me explain to you what this scripture means. Okay? Listen carefully. We all are not perfect. We all sin against God. The reason we sin against God, one of the reasons is because we have sinful nature. The second reason, because no one in the world knows everything from this book. Even I myself, I still study the Bible every day. I don't know everything. So the thing that I don't know, when I first became a Christian in 1981, I did not know about tithing. For the whole year, I did not tithe. Did I sin against God? Yes, I sinned against God because I did not tithe. But the reason I did not tithe because I did not know the Word of God. That part of my sin, the Lord Jesus covered me with His blood. I become a child of God. I accept Jesus Christ, receive His forgiveness. So He cleansed me by the blood and in his eyes, in God's eye, I'm still righteous. I sin because of my ignorance. But what is the meaning walking in the light? Now it's different. Walking in the light means this way. It means you know and you know what is right according to the scripture. You know what the Spirit of God speaks to you. You know. But you say, no way I'm not going to obey. I don't care how many times Pastor Lau read Malachi chapter 3. I'm not going to tithe. I don't care. I love my money. That means you are not walking in the light that you know. That's a different issue now. If you know the light and you don't walk in the light, your fellowship with brother and sister is going to be broken. And your fellowship with God is going to be very broken. Definitely, God will not condemn you. God is not a condemning God. But your heart is going to bother you. You're going to feel grief on the inside of you, of you, no matter how you pretend. But inside you know, I am disobedient. I am very stubborn. I don't want to obey God. I don't want to walk in the light that I know. 
And what happened? You will not smile. Your heart will bother your spirit all the time, and you will not be happy person. You always give excuses, this and that, not to obey the Lord. Let me read another scripture. Does God want to give you the fullness of joy? How? That fullness of joy comes from a very strong fellowship with the Father. And when the Father is happy with you, His joy is going to come into your heart and you're going to be a joyful person because you walk in the light. What does it mean, walk in the light? I'm willing to obey you because I loved you, I have faith in you, and I'm willing to please you. It's one thing about being loved by God, but it's another thing about God is pleasing with you. God loved you. God loved every one of these, of these people. But is God pleased with you? It's another subject. 3 John chapter 1, verses 2 to 4. I know some of you feel uncomfortable right now, but I'm sorry. Some of you may want to shoot me right now. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. Let me ask this question. Is it God's will for us to prosper? In our finances, our health, our emotion, our family, is it God's will? Yes, it's God's will. Okay. This letter, even though it was written by John, but it's a letter from God. You need to understand, God is speaking to us through John here. God is speaking to you and me. For I mean God. Rejoice greatly. You want God to rejoice about you or God become angry with you? I, God, rejoice greatly when brethren, when his people came and testified of the truth that is in you. Just as you walk in the truth. What does it mean, walk in the truth? Walking in the light. You know the truth and you obey the truth. And you obey God and you please God. God is happy. God rejoice. I have no greater joy. Let's change the word I. God has no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. Do you want God to be happy with you? Do you want God to be pleased with you? Do you want God to laugh inside you and be happy? Oh, I love this guy. He is pleasing me. And when he that does that, that joy will affect your heart and you're going to have the joy of the Lord. Amen? So this scripture is for God speaking to us. When we love Him, when we are willing to please Him, when we walk by faith, we walk in the truth that we know. The truth that we don't know, I understand. We don't know everything. We know all the truth. We walk in the truth. We walk in the light. We show to Him that I obey your word. I obey your Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit tell me to do. He rejoices in us. And because He is in us, His joy will directly affect us. Again, because He is in us. I tell you, I'm more happier than any years of my life this year. Because I walk in the light all the time. I'm a very joyful man. Sometimes I may worry about some people. And I may look sad for a while, but then I become joyful again because the Lord is so pleased with me. He is joyful inside me. He is rejoicing about you and me when we live a life to please Him and obey Him. And that joy, the joy of the Lord that is inside you is going to affect you. And you're going to live in the manifested love of God. He's going to show special favor, special pleasure, and special joy. He's going to bring to you good customers, good contracts, open doors, good breaks, because of the joy of the Lord, because of His manifested love. Have you ever heard this sentence? Okay, I wrote this sermon about a year ago, okay? Nothing personal with anybody. I wrote this sermon a year ago. And have you ever heard this proverb in America? I don't know in Thailand, but in America, this proverb says this way. If mama is not happy, nobody will be happy. Have you ever heard that? If mama is not happy, 
Nobody in the house is going to be happy. This proverb is not in the Bible, and it's a wrong thing. This proverb is a wrong teaching. Because the question come up after I heard this proverb. Number one is Mama the head of the house. No. Oh, why only one person say no? There must be something in the house. Two. I dare not even say no. Is Mama emotionally unstable? The second question. Number three. Is it godly when Mama is not happy and she wants everybody else to be unhappy either? If she thinks so, she is selfish and immature. Because when she is unhappy, everybody else has to be in hell with her. That is very an immaturity. Okay? So, you should not think this way. If I'm unhappy, everybody else is going to be unhappy with me. No, 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 no. That is not maturity. But this is the truth. If God is unhappy with you, If God is grieved about you, over you, if God is not rejoicing about you, you are not going to be happy. That is the truth in the Bible. You will not live in the manifested love of God. He will not be pleased. He will not give you a special favor. Even though He still loved you, He never cut you off. He never write you off. He still loved you. You are still His children. You are still His child. The blood of Jesus Christ still covers your sin, other sin. He died for you. He covered you. But He is not pleased. And when you pray, He may not answer you. When you need protection, He may say, it's your life. You run your own life. You don't obey me. You're going to learn the lesson. God may even discipline some stubborn Christians so that they can repent. If you are stubborn, He tells you to do something and you say, I'm not going to do it. Or He tells you to not to do something and you say, I'm going to do it. I don't care. You think God going to be happy. God's not going to be joyful. And your joy will not be full inside you. And you're going to be weak and sad and upset all the time. Jesus said this way, if you do what I tell you to do, if you please me, if you love me enough, have faith in me, trust me, and willing to obey me, you will abide in my manifested love, and my Father will be pleased with you, my joy will be in you because I'm so joyful about you that you please me, and your joy shall be full. Brothers and sisters, if we feel sad right now because we know and we know in our heart that we are not obedient to the Lord. Don't let go on for even more than two minutes. Repent as soon as possible. Acknowledge your sin. Ask God for forgiveness. Confess your sin toward God. Within one second, He forgives you. He washed the sin away by the blood of Jesus. He covered you again with His righteousness. He forget about that past sin. He forget. He don't remember. He don't even see it anymore. And after you cried and you say, "I'm sorry, I repent." After one minute, you wake up. You open your eyes and say, "I can laugh again, because now I am forgiven. Now I can obey the Lord. I can walk in the light, and my fellowship with the Father and with the Son Jesus Christ." Has been restored. Our fellowship will turn back again together. Can you walk in darkness? Can you disobey God and still walk in the light? And you still have good relationship with God? No. If you want to have a strong fellowship with the Father, I know this teaching is very strong. It's straightforward. I don't go around the bush. You shall not be joyful. If you want the joy of the Lord to work in your life, you need to obey Him and please Him. I want to encourage all of you. Think about this. Do you love God? God loved you first. Jesus died on the cross for you. He redeemed you. He bought you with a high price. He sacrificed His life for you. Should we love Him back? 
Should we have faith in Him? If we recognize His love and we love Him back, we should ask this question. Okay, how many people believe you belong to God? How many people believe God bought you, redeemed you with a high price? Do you belong to God? Are you His property? Are you His children? This is the question you should ask yourself. Why am I on this earth right now? What I am doing on this earth right now? I hope your answer is, I am on this earth to please my Father, who loved me, who redeemed me, who paid a price for me, who bought me out of the darkness. Therefore, I want to live on earth. I don't know how many days I have. Maybe 1,000 more days on earth. Whatever days I have left on earth here, I want to seek to please Him. The best thing that you can do, listen carefully, the best thing that you can do to yourself and to your loved ones, your friend, your relative, is to please the Lord. I'm going to explain to you in a minute here. Solemn Christians are stubborn Christians. Sad and sour Christians are disobedient Christians. If you can show me a believer who obey God, please God, willing to live for God, I will show you a very joyful Christian. But if you show me a stubborn Christian who always say no to God, I can show you a very sad Christian. Because stubbornness is connected to solemnness. Sadness is connected to a frame of disobedience. I myself want to go to another level of joy, another level of the manifested presence of God's love in my life. So I can live my life to please the Lord. Who dictates how much you experience the joy of the Lord? Who dictates that? You. You make your own choice. It is easy to get caught up in a mundane routine thing in life. Wake up in the morning, go to work, come back home, cook, eat, wash dishes, go to bed, wake up in the morning, go to work, everyday routines, and we forget to sit down and think, God, why am I here on earth? Why am I still living? Have you ever asked yourself? Or you just go day by day, go to work, make money, come home, go to sleep, wake up, go make money, go to, and come home and sleep. Have you ever asked yourself, why are you still on earth? And I hope you pray and ask God, have you found the reason why you're on earth right now? Have you heard from God what you need to do to please Him? What is your calling? What do you do in life to please the Lord? I hope you don't waste so many years of your life on this life. I want to say this. There is nothing that is more worthy than God is pleasing with you. No amount of money, no man, no person, no relative, no friend are more important to please the Lord and to live in the manifested love of God and pleasure toward us. Your friend and family members may sincerely say to you that, oh, you don't do that. God tells you to do that. Don't do it. Don't do it. Waste of your time. They mean well, but their comments is not as important as God's comment. The best thing that you can do for your life is, is to go all the way with God. Okay, I'm going to explain to you why. Listen carefully. If you love your family members, love your friends so much, and you want to help them and bless them, you will not be able to help them to the degree you can help them in a big way if God doesn't bless you. Listen carefully. If you want to bless your relative, your children, or your friend, the best way is to live your life to please the Lord and let the Lord bless you give you the increase so that you have more, higher level to be able to bless them. 
That's what happened to me and Pastor Da all these years. People think this guy's crazy building the church. He is in a fire. Lay hand on people. People fall down. This guy crazy. I have been rejected by many pastors. People cancel my preaching because I move in the fire. I lost a lot of friends. That's okay. They mean well. They love me. They sincere to me, but they don't know that God called me to do this. Twenty years later, now I can help more people. God bless me because I obey the Lord. Don't try to please man. Try to please the Lord, and then God gonna put you in the position that you can help your mother-in-law, your sister. Your brother, your son, your children, because you live in the manifested love of God, and God is so pleased with you because you please God more than man, and He's gonna pour His blessing on you that you can help other people. When you obey God, you will be in a position to minister to them, to help them many years down the road. May not happen overnight, but years down the road, you're gonna be in a higher position. Let me say this way: Not pleasing the Lord is a dumb thing to do. I know I say strong. I want to compare this way: Not pleasing the Lord is compared to clinking onto a penny when you could have had a million. You do your own stuff and you try to please all the people around you, but you're clinking to the penny. Why God can give you a million dollars if you please Him? Do you believe that God can do greater things in your life? Do you believe that God can multiply if you obey Him and willing to turn loose something? He say, "Turn that loose. Those friends don't want you anymore. When you follow me, that's okay. Turn loose or those friends they don't want to associate with you. But you go with God, and our motivation is: I want to please the Lord. I want to make God happy. God tell me this: Go there, do this, give this." I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna please the Lord, even though man doesn't agree with me, even though man desert me. I'm gonna obey the Lord, and what happened? He will bless you. Give you one example: Abraham. Abraham was staying with his family, and suddenly God say, "Leave your family. Oh wow! Leave my dad, my mom, leave everybody, and go to the place that I never saw. I don't even know where it is." Abraham, by faith, by willingness, obedience, he walked out of his house and said, "God, lead me. I'm gonna go to that land." And what happened at the end? He became the father of many nations. He's my father too of faith. Even though I'm Thai, but Abraham is my father. He got the blessing, and the blessing go down to Isaac, Jacob, to many generations, and he became the ancestor of the Lord Jesus Christ. His descendant, as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, because this man named Abraham, willing to obey God, tie to God, love God, walk out of his own comfort zone and obey the Lord, he was willing to let loose whatever he has and go after God one thousand percent. Are you willing to do that? To obey the Lord? Refusing to please the Lord is a dumb thing to do. Remember that sentence. How many people want to be dumb? I hope not. We are not dumb in this church. Pastor Lau is not dumb. All these years, after I obeyed the Lord, I experienced the goodness of God, the grace of God. I like this scripture, Ephesians chapter two, verse seven. That in the ages to come, in the years to come, year 2019, year 2020, year 2021, and forever eternity, He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. What I try to say is this: I have been walking with God since 1981. How many years now? 39 years. I just feel that I just tap into. The beginning of the grace and the goodness of God. And before I die, I'm gonna experience more goodness of God. And on that day, I'm not gonna say, "Wow, it's already peak." When I meet God in heaven, He will not say to me, 
Hey, mom, this is all you experience. That's it. That's all I have. No. His grace, his goodness, never end. This year I experienced God's goodness this much. But as I obey God, willing to please God, next year I will experience more. The goodness of the Lord. There is much more to experience. Look at the universe. I want you to understand this. Look at the universe. How many people know the edge of the universe? How far the universe go? Who? No one know the boundary of the universe. Do you know God is bigger than the universe? He created the universe. His grace, His mercy, His goodness is beyond. Big, big, big. Beyond your imagination. Beyond your understanding. What do you need to do? Walk with Him. Follow Him. Obey Him. And please Him. I'm going to show you two men in the Bible. One man, his name was recorded. Another man, no name. And I will tell you why. I hope that your name is recorded. Matthew chapter 19. I'm going to end this sermon by talking about these two men. It's going to be a while though. Maybe 15 more minutes. Matthew 19, 16 to 22. Now behold, one, no name, one, came and said to him, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So he said to Jesus, to him, Why do you call me good? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which one? Jesus said, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, all this, no name again, the young man. All these things I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you want to be perfect, go, sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. Listen to the last sentence here. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, not joyful, for he had great possessions. Is it important to obey what God says, even though it's so unreasonable? Sell everything and give all the money to the poor. Is it important? It's important. Some folks try to say this way. Some preacher try to say this way. You know, the most important thing in my life is that God loved me and Jesus died for me. That's enough. Jesus loved me so much. The gospel of grace, God grace to me. But I want to tell you, one of the more important things is not that God loved you. God loved everyone on the earth, even non-believers. But one important is this. Do you obey God? Do you live a life to please God? Or you're a stubborn kid? Like this man. I'm going to do what I want. I don't care what you say. Are you in the fellowship with God? Are you out of the fellowship with God because you don't walk in the light? You need to understand this. Our relationship with God is similar to our relationship with human being. Are you going to tell me, no matter how I treat you, whether I am for you or hate you and come against you, you're going to treat me the same way? Are you? You may still love me. You may not write me off, but believe me, you're going to treat me different way. If I treat you well, love you, do good to you, try to please you, you will treat me one way. But if I'm so against you, gossip about you, talk bad about you, always make face against you, you still love me because you're a Christian. But believe me, you will not treat me the same way that when I treat you well. The same way with God. How do you treat God? Do you please God? Or you treat Him like a junk? Or you don't care what He says? Your obedience and willingness to please God affect your walk with God and your fellowship with God. No question. 
Don't stop at only God love me, God die for me, and then done. No. Next question. Do you please God? Do you obey God? The key of having a full fellowship with God and living in a manifested love with God is that you love Him back, or you obey Him and please Him. Amen? This rich young man heard about Jesus preaching. He heard Jesus preaching. And he saw Jesus perform miracles. Wow, this guy has a privilege. Thousands of people walk with Jesus, and he come directly to Jesus and talk to Jesus face to face. Wow, how many people could do that in that generation? He came, and he asked question, how can I enter eternal life? And Jesus said, obey the commandments. The commandments mean the Ten Commandments in the Old Testament. And he said, I did that already. Now Jesus said, one more command I tell you right now. Commandment is not only the Ten Commandments here. It's also the commandment of love. How about this? You sell everything. You liquidate all of your asset and give to the poor. Actually, you need to understand this. The Lord did not ask him to give a vow of poverty. I believe in my heart. Look at Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. I believe that the reason Jesus say that is to test that God is his God or not. Jesus is his Lord or money is his Lord. I believe that if this man really liquidate everything, sell everything and give to the poor, he will get back many times. He will not be poor. God will bless him back according to the promise in the Bible. But did this man obey the Lord? Did this man Try to please the Lord? No. And what is the outcome? He walked away sorrowful. Stubbornness lead to sadness and sorrow. He was not excited anymore talking to Jesus when we talk about money. At the beginning, Jesus, you're so wonderful. Tell me how I can go to heaven. But when Jesus said, how about this? Give money to the poor. Ah, I don't like you anymore. <laughs> Bye-bye. If I believe if this man gave to the poor, liquidate everything, we will hear his name here. We will know his name. But his name was not recorded. When God gives you light, tell you what to do. When God told me to start a church, I start a church. When God told me to cast out demons, move in the fire, I obey the Lord. I don't care what people think about me. I just please the Lord. If you don't like me, too bad. But I want to please the Lord. Because I know that if I don't obey the Lord, I will live in sadness. My fellowship with the Lord will be bad. This young man was very dumb. He hold on to his money instead of having fellowship with the Lord. Let's look at another man. Now this man, his name was recorded. Then Jesus, Luke 19, verses 1 to 6. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named, wow, his name is exalted, Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector. You need to understand the tax collector in that generation was a bad, bad, evil man. He has the authority. If he come to you and say, oh, this year your tax to Caesar is $500,000. Actually, he wants to keep half of it. And you say, no, last year I paid only 20000 And he say, no, 500000 And you say, I cannot pay. You know, he can call Roman soldier, arrested you, arrest your children, take your house, sell the house, sell you as a slave, and get all the money, keep part of it to himself, and give part of it to Caesar. He was a very wicked man, this man named Sakis. You need to understand the picture here. This man was very wicked in his nature. But he heard about Jesus, and he was rich. Now, talk about two rich men here. The first guy, Matthew 19, rich too. This guy was rich too. How many people want to be rich? I hope you're not like the first man though. Okay, I hope not. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd. And for he was of short Stature. Oh, I can identify with him. I'm short. Okay. 
So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when, listen carefully, when Jesus came to the place and looked up and saw him, he said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste, come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and looked at the friend and received him sorrowfully. What? Joyfully. The first man, no name, sorrow. This man, excited. I want to be with Jesus. I want to be close to God. I want to hear what he say. Whatever he say, I'm willing to do. I'm willing to please him. Come to my house. He's so excited. He was so joyful. Let me read a few scripture here and I will make a conclusion. James chapter 4, verse 8. James 4, 8. I like to explain this scripture. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Psalm 16, 8 to 9. I have set the Lord always before me. Want to come into the presence of God. Draw near to God. God, come to me. Always before me. Because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad. And my glory Rejoices means his spirit rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. Two scriptures talk about a man who wants to hear from God. I want to be in the presence of God. I want to draw near to God. God is with me in front of me. I'm at his right hand. And my heart is glad to hear what he says. I want to please him. I'm willing to do what he says. That's what it means. Okay. Look at Psalm 1610. I'm going to explain to you. For you will not leave my soul in show, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. This scripture talks about Jesus Christ, that Jesus is going to be crucified, and after he died, he will not go to hell. He will be raised from the dead. But this scripture also applies to us that many of us sometimes are in the hellish situation. We are facing hell on earth. What is the next verse? Verse 11. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Draw near to God. God is in front of me. I am in the presence of God. Is that what Zacchaeus did? He wanted Jesus to come to his home. To be with him, draw near to God. He wants Jesus to be in front of him. And in, in the presence of God, there's a fullness of joy. I want to hear what God say. I'm going to obey. I'm going to please the Lord. How many people want to live in the blessed land? Joyful blessed land. Live in the presence of God. Seek the presence of God. Obey Him. Please Him. Willing to do what He says. Don't be stubborn. Let's look at the result of stubborn Christian. Psalm 68 verse 6. God makes a home for the lowly. He leads out the prisoner into prosperity. Only, I hope this is not you, the rebellious dwell in the parched land. Are you rebellious? Stubborn Christians will not have joy. You can have your own way. You can be stiff-necked, hard-headed. You refuse to do what God said to you to do. You all give all the excuses not to do it. And the outcome is, you may say to me, I love God so much, but I don't believe it. You lie. Because if you love God, you obey Him. And the result is that you will not live in the joyful, blessed land. You're going to live in a joyless, dry land. That's what the Bible says. This is not my word. I read the scripture. Nothing is more worthy in your life than obeying the Lord, pleasing the Lord, being in His presence. Draw His pleasure. Make Him pleased with you. Obey Him. Do what He says. Have a willing heart. 
I want to be in the presence of God like Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, when Jesus said Zacchaeus, he was shocked. He was almost fell off the tree. I believe. Do you know my name? I'm the worst guy in the city. Everyone, actually, everyone got mad at Jesus that day. Jesus went to this man's house. He is mad. Don't go there. But Jesus called him. Zacchaeus, come down. I will go to your house. Does Jesus love sinners? Yes. But this sinner named Zacchaeus, his name is recorded in the Bible because he has the right heart. He responded to God, and look what happened. Verse six. He made haste and came down and received him joyfully. Notice one thing: Jesus did not ask him to sell everything and give to the poor. Why? Because Jesus knew his heart. This man, you don't need to tell him to do anything; he will do it anyway. He was so willing to please the Lord. Look at the response of Zacchaeus in verses eight to ten. Did Jesus tell him to do this? No. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord. Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor. Wow! Did Jesus tell him to do that? No. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. Jesus did not tell him to sell anything. This man wanted to please the Lord. He loved the presence of God. He wanted God to be in his house. He loved God more than his money, and he lived in joy. I can see his face now in the Bible, smiling, so excited to have Jesus in his house. He smiled when he gave money to the poor. He smiled when he gave money, returned money to the people that he cheated. He's so happy because he pleased the Lord. And did the Lord say like this? Oh, this guy is so wicked. You know, he deserved to be punished. No, look at what Jesus said in verses nine to ten. Then Jesus said to him, "Today salvation has come into this house, because he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost." How many people want to be the first young rich man? Raise your hand up. How many people want to be like Zacchaeus? How many people want? How about people who don't raise hand? What do you mean? <laughs> How many people want to be like Zacchaeus? You don't raise your hand. It means you don't care about this sermon. I don't care. Pastor, you can spend one hour teaching. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But I don't care. I care. I want to be like Zacchaeus. In conclusion, I want to please God. I want to obey God. I want to be close to God. I want to draw near to Him. I want to hear what He said to me. Tell me what to do. Tell me what not to do. I want to know the Word. I have only one life to live. My life is shorter and shorter every day, and the rest of my life to live on this earth. My goal is to please the Lord, willing to obey and please the Lord. And I know when I live that way. I shall abide or dwell in the bubble of His love. He is pleased with me, and He will show special love to me, twenty-four-seven. And I will be joyful because my fellowship with God is strong. I know when the Father look at me, He smile. The Holy Spirit on the inside of me laugh and smile, and that joy is in me. I'm not going to get sick. Cancer cannot touch me. Arthritis cannot touch me. The life of God is in me. I have the joy of the Lord. I have strength. God going to bless me. I'm not going to live in a dry, parched land because I please the Lord. Amen. Is that your life too? I pray it is. Amen. Father, we thank you so much for teaching us all these scriptures, wonderful scriptures, to understand how to walk with you, Lord. 
how to please you. Thank you, Lord, for loving us first, sending Jesus Christ to die for us. But we don't want to just stop at God loving me. I want to go on to be I love God. I fear God. I want to please God. I want to take your pleasure. I want to have the fullness of joy and the will or abide in the manifest love of God. All these things, Father, I know is not Dr. Lau opinion. It's in the Scripture. It's in the Bible. And I want, Lord, our members here to live that way. That they will not listen to the lie of the enemy to tell them that they can do whatever they want. They can live loose life. They don't need to please God. Oh Lord, thank you Lord that you don't reject those who rebel against you. You still give them salvation. They still go to heaven even though sometimes they're rebellious, Lord. But Father, I don't want my brother and sister in this church to live that way. I don't want their children to live that way. The parents in this church would set a good example to their children that they please the Lord. We will be like Abraham. Obey the Lord. Go to where God called us to go. Do whatever you call us to do. And this church will have many offspring around the world. As many as stars in the sky and the sand in the seashore. From this house, the nation shall be blessed because we are the children of Abraham. And we are people of faith and obedience who please God like Abraham, Lord. We thank you, Father, for teaching us this sermon, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, I would like to encourage you to give your life to Jesus. Or you have backslidden. You walk away from God for many years. You may grow up in church with your parents, but for many years you just walk away from God. I want you to come back home. Pray with me. Ask God to come into your life. I'm going to lead you to pray right now. Father in heaven, I want to come back home. I admit, Lord, I am a sinner. I have sinned against you. I believe and confess with my mouth that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior, Lord. I repent of my sin. I want to please you. Honor you. From today on, show your goodness to me. Give me grace to walk with you, Lord. To obey you and please you. I want to be a joyful believer. I don't want to be a sad believer, Lord. We thank you, Lord. In the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. I'm so thirsty.